Greetings from America's heartland. Welcome to Not Fake News, an audio podcast about news. News that is not always accurate, maybe a little biased, actually quite partisan. News that's reported in the good old newspapers. Remember those? I'm your host, Mike Tellup, coming to you from Ohio, where we still celebrate the blessings of liberty in these difficult times and where we still read newspapers. Why have an audio podcast about news as reported in the papers? Nobody reads them, right? Well, I beg to differ. Lots of voters still read newspapers. And the news printed on the papers also finds its way into the internet. Even the journalistic light USA Today has a significant presence on the internet. And since we must depend upon news in order to become intelligent citizens and informed voters, we must pay attention to the news, close attention, because when the news reporting becomes propaganda, pushing certain agendas at the expense of our liberties, then we must find the truth, and I hate this word, push back, because our liberties beginning with free speech, must be protected at all costs. And we must participate in the fight, all of us, or we will lose our liberties. I'm an old school dinosaur, is that redundant? Who tries to read several newspapers each day, including the New York Times, to become informed about critical events happening in our great country. And based upon what I am reading, our country is in trouble big trouble. Our precious Constitution is under attack daily by people who don't care about it. People in power, Democrats and Republicans, but mostly Democrats. And it's frightening, and everybody should be concerned. The so-called journalists, instead of reporting the news, facts like who, what, where, when, where, when and why, become advocates for a certain position or party, creating a partisan press, and the readers must dig deep into the story to find the truth. And most people don't have the time or energy to spend on this endeavor. Today's subject is election integrity, an issue critical to a healthy constitutional republic consisting of the United States, 50 different states, united together by our Constitution. Notice I did not describe our country as a democracy, as it is often reported in the news media, particularly the New York Times. In drafting the Constitution, our founding fathers specifically rejected the idea of a pure democracy. If you examine the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, you will not find the word democracy anywhere. Why not? Because we elect representatives and senators who speak for us. And if they betray us, or if we don't like the way they act or vote, then we can elect someone else. Happens every two years. So what's going on in the news? Well, we had a national election in November 2020, where one presidential candidate campaigned and the other didn't. First time in our history. It's also the first time in election history 
where states allowing voting rules and regulations, such as signature verification, where these rules were drastically loosened to allow for massive numbers of mail-in ballots to be received and counted. It is also the first time in election history where computerized voting tabulation stopped in key battleground states in the middle of the night. It is also the first election in history where hundreds of citizens participating in the election process signed sworn affidavits stating that each witnessed voting irregularities. And there were other first-time election events, including the refusal of the United States Supreme Court to hear any state claims of election fraud. Long story short, as a result of the first-time events, I call them shenanigans, tens of millions of voters have reason to believe to this day that the election was fraudulent. And as a result of this election, Republican legislators in numerous states, at least 24, including Georgia, have passed legislation to restore voting rules or reinstate voter identification procedures. At the same time, Democrats in the United States House of Representatives have introduced legislation along party lines to federalize state elections in order to make permanent mail-in ballots without signature verification and other modifications to the state election process. So how is this stuff being reported in the news? Well, let's look to the New York Times, the famous gray, great gray lady, in its Saturday, March 27th, home edition. The headline reads, In Georgia, GOP fires the first shots of voting battle. An emerging struggle. Biden calls new hurdles to polls, quote, Jim Crow in the 21st century, end quote. The fight over voting rights is emerging as one of the, and I'm quoting now from the first paragraph of the article, the fight over voting rights is emerging as one of the defining conflicts of the Biden era, and Georgia fired the opening shot with a new set of, with a set of new restrictions underscoring the political, legal, and financial clashes that will influence whether Republicans retake Congress and the White House. President Biden called Georgia's new law an attack on the Constitution and said the Justice Department would be taking a look at Republican voting efforts in the state. He is quoted in the article as saying, this is Jim Crow in the 21st century and it must end. Joe Biden said this a day after Governor Kemp signed the bill into law. Biden is quoted as saying, quote, I will take my case to the American people and put country before party. Finally, Biden says, if you have the best ideas, you have nothing to hide. Let the people vote. Well, let's unpack these, this story by first asking, what in the Georgia law passed by the Georgia legislature who are elected by the Georgia voters, what in this law is being described as Jim Crow by President Biden? We need to go to paragraph 8 on page 16 for the answer. Keep in mind the story was on the front page, but you had to get the, the answer on the back pages, as, of, as often the case with the New York Times. But on page 16, paragraph 8, we find the answer. What 
is being opposed, what is being called as Jim Crow, is nothing more than stricter voter identification requirements for absentee ballots. What? And, wait for it, more power and oversight over elections to the legislature. What? So, let me get this straight. Voter identification for absentee ballot requests is Jim Crow racism or un-American? Does it apply to everyone who applies for an absentee ballot? If so, how is it racist or un-American? Is requiring a person to show an ID in order to get a driver's license also Jim Crow, Jim Crow racism or un-American? How is it an attack on the Constitution? What part of the Constitution? Perhaps Joe Biden and the reporters of the New York Times should take a look at the Constitution. Article 1, Section 4 states the following. The times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof. Let me repeat that. The times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature of that state. Time, places, and manner sound like simple words with clear meanings. Time means days and hours polling places are open. Places means polling locations and drop boxes. Manner means the methods and requirements of voting. The three terms add up to voting regulations. Now this word shall is a term that plainly means mandatory, not maybe or a suggestion. So the first part of the so-called election clause in the Constitution is crystal clear. The state legislature must set forth time, places, and manner of holding elections in that state. This is what sounds like the state legislature in Georgia and 24 other states is doing by passing election laws. They are following the dictates of the United States Constitution. Close case, mic drop? No. The second part of the election clause in the United States Constitution says this, but the Congress may at any time by law make or alter such regulations except as to the places of choosing senators. So the second part of the election clause permits Congress to make or alter state voting regulations, as, as the Democrats in Congress are attempting to do with H.R. 1, also known as the For the People Act of 2021. And so it appears that under the United States Constitution, state legislatures must make voting regulations and that the U.S. Constitution may also make or alter those state voting regulations. It seems to me that this potential legal conflict is the real story and most likely will be decided by a federal court, maybe even the United States Supreme Court, maybe. But there is nothing in the New York Times article about how and when this potential legal conflict gets resolved. Instead, the Times article features a large photo of people protesting the Georgia law there, there's information about activists calling for boycotts of corporations like Coca-Cola, located in Atlanta, 
until they take action against the effort to restrict voting access. And there's also quotes from Democratic office holders in other states condemning their own states for passing election laws. The Democratic Secretary of State in Colorado is quoted as saying, get this, that passing election laws requiring voter identification, this is dangerous because, wait for it, they could rile up the voters and lead to an insurrection. Think about that one. We're out of time for this edition of Not Fake News. I hope you enjoyed it. Hope you learned something to make you a more informed citizen. Until next time, this is Mike Tellup reminding you to enjoy the blessings of liberty in this great country.